Little bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that I created to spotlight the people of the state of Tennessee and our southeastern neighbors who produce, prepare, and preserve regional foods and agriculture. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. And today we are setting the table with small food businesses. Just to keep in mind how very important these places are to our community, we first visit with chef and small food business owner in our community, Jenna Baker. She owns and runs Eat to Be Well, offering fully prepared plant-based foods located in downtown Knoxville inside of the Glowing Body Yoga Studio, and that's in the same building as Magpies on North Central. And she sources her foods from all sorts of regional growers. And on Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio series, he features one of Tennessee's oldest restaurants, Zazor's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It has been in business since 1918, and in this segment, Fred visits with the late Shirley Fuller, who was the granddaughter of the original owner and Lebanese immigrant, Charlie Zazor. Thank you so much for your good company here today. I just so appreciate you tuning in. On November of 2019, Jenna Baker came out to our home and recorded this visit. And since Jenna opened her business in downtown Knoxville, she's been serving up prepared grab-and-go plant-based meals. And one of her standard super hits is the Buddha Bowl. This is the mission of her business. We believe everyone deserves to eat delicious food, be nourished, and feel great. 100% plant-based food prepared with 100% love. Jenna is a professionally trained chef from the Culinary Institute of America, and she helps health-conscious people experience the joy and physical benefits of cooking and eating plant-based foods. And this past November of last year, Jenna told me about a new business model with her business, Cook to Be Well, that she planned to transition to in January of this year. And this concept that Jenna came up with last fall and rolled out this past January is her current Be Well box. And until she moves her business into a larger kitchen space, she's moved away from the single-style grab-and-go prepared food model into this business model, offering Be Well boxes that customers pre-order with curbside pickup and two days per week pickup options. And these boxes contain all meal components for complete plant-based meals. 
She has different boxes to accommodate various needs and quantities for ordering her Be Well boxes are limited as her working space is small at the moment and orders are taken on a first come first serve basis and currently with no recurring subscriptions right now. This is open to anyone and the menu posts on her website cooktobewell.com and on social media every Sunday for sales of the following week. Jenna is passionate about helping our community eat well for better health, and she carefully sources her ingredients from several local farmers. And this Be Well box could not have been more timely, as we're all living through this pandemic, and it sure is good to have an option of high-quality, nutritious food solutions. She creates these boxes using seasonal offerings, and again, she supports local farmers by using their products. She works really hard to bring these fresh and nutritious foods together to her customers in these boxes, and she credits the food producers in her boxes. She told me once that who wants to eat kale if the only experience we have with kale is old stale kale? Fresh kale is crispy and fresh, and it's just a different taste. And to give you an idea of the kind of foods that she prepares in a week, here's an example of a Be Well box menu from March. First off, on her menu, she features the people who grew the food at the top of the list. And in this particular menu, it was Mountain Roots Farm, Music Mountain Farm, Hines Valley Farm, Spencer Mountain Farm, Lace Wing Farm, Good Times Farm, spelled T-H-Y-M-E-S, Rancho Gordo Beans, and Burlap and Barrel Spices. These boxes contain a soup, a salad, a bowl kit, a sauce, and something sweet. So let's join Jenna Baker now and hear her first describe one of her signature offerings that represents her style of cooking for both taste and wellness, the Buddha Bowl. And also, how did she come to creating this business with the goal of improving our community's health through education and nutritious food? The Boodle Bowl at Cook to Be Well is intended to be an example of an overall nutrition goal. So it contains um, a base that's intended to satiate you or keep you full because there's this idea that if you if you just eat vegetables or you just eat salad or eat healthy that you're not going to stay full. And often that's because you've um, subscribed to this carbohydrate fear maybe that you're not supposed to eat carbs and you're trying to eat healthy. And if you're really only eating vegetables, you're likely not going to feel full. You have to eat a lot of vegetables to, (laughs) to take in the amount of calories that you need to sustain yourself. Um, and a lot by volume, not just by calories, but (laughs) yes, because they're, uh, nutrient dense, but not calorie dense. So Mm -hmm. can, um, so including that starch piece, now there is a difference between carbohydrates that are healthy and ones, you know, that that don't do your body as well, and they're maybe empty. Yeah. So think white bread or donuts or. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the Buddha bowl contains a, a whole grain piece. So that could be quinoa, it could be farro, it could be a, a lentil, a legume, um, it could be a starchy vegetable like a sweet potato. Mm-hmm. So that's the anchoring piece. That to, to kind of stick to your ribs. And then there are two other vegetable preparations. So it's just this idea of exposing you to different ways and different 
vegetables to try. Um, so it's, all, it's like intended to be this little education in a bowl. So the vegetable preparations could be cooked or raw. They might be roasted broccoli um, or it might be raw zucchini spirals. Um, and then the fourth component is a um, dark leafy green or cruciferous family. And that's in there to show you we're, we're supposed to get at least one of those every day. Ideally, that would be a great goal if you could get a serving of a dark leafy green or cruciferous vegetable. And it's really difficult, actually, and a lot of people maybe kind of get bored with the same thing or they don't have ideas of how to prepare that. So there's always one of those in there, so you can you can check that off your list <laughs> for the day. And then the fifth thing is a sauce that kind of brings it all together. So most of the, the grains or vegetables are prepared really simply. Mm-hmm. They're either steamed or roasted. They're maybe lightly seasoned with salt. They're very carefully sourced because it's hard to learn to love vegetables if they don't taste good to begin with. So trying to source um, the things that we feature in the bowl from local farms is really important. It's key to the business Um, because it's hard to take uh, a conventional, you know, vegetable that's been shipped across the country and really wow you with it yes (laughs) um you can but those you know that Mm -hmm. typically involves putting um you know battering and frying it or adding a lot of salt or you know you're having to enhance it somehow Mm -hmm. and so we really prioritize getting vegetables that are amazing to begin with Um, and they're they're here Mm-hmm. I'm really impressed, actually, with the <laughs> farmer's market system and what people are growing. People are growing incredible food. They are. So I don't do a lot to it, but I worked really hard to find that <laughs> food to bring it to the bowls. Um, it and I have to sense. give a lot of credit to the farmers. Like it, It's just they're growing really delicious food. They are. So as long as I treat it with respect and I, mm-hmm. I cook it in a way that maintains its integrity... Um, the sauce, you know, I get creative and play with because mm-hmm. that kind of brings in this component to make it interesting and keep you interested. And mm-hmm. um, But the vegetables and grains are very simple. I feel like I see this example so often where someone really doesn't address thinking about how they're feeding themselves until they have a health crisis. Mm-hmm. And so um, in the nonprofit work I did, I it was... Um, nonprofit that served young adults with cancer. Um, so 19 to 39 year olds affected by cancer, um, pretending to really start thinking about how nutrition supports their treatment and prevention. Um, and so this program was an outdoor adventure therapy program that recognized the people they were serving, um, on these week long retreats. Uh, they were, uh, using volunteers to get them fed and to do the meals during the weeks. And they recognized that this population was really thinking about what they were putting into their bodies. Um, And even, um, and so they were really missing the mark on how sometimes there was an an issue being fed, you know, fast food or, or pizza or whatever volunteer potlucks threw together. It didn't really fit how they were taking care of their nutrition. And there was also an opportunity there if they if it wasn't something they had been thinking about, there was maybe an opportunity f- for them to learn. Yeah. And so the organization got a grant to put 
some health supportive chefs in the programs. And that's how I got introduced to the program. And eventually they wanted to take that idea and run and develop a nutrition program um, as a component to the retreat. And so cooking for those retreats helped me understand that um, because of this, the stigma of healthy food being not pleasurable um, and all the emotional pieces that go with how we eat and what we choose to eat. We have ultimate control over over what we eat. It's one certain thing, which is why toddlers really can, at the table, that's where they can really assert themselves because you can't <laughs> make someone eat something. <laughs> and so there's all these pieces to, you know, culturally what you were brought up with. And maybe there's some emotional pieces to it. And if you're facing a health crisis, maybe you're really maybe that's really something you feel like you can be empowered and take control over. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be really overwhelming, mm-hmm. um, especially if you didn't, don't have cooking skills or yes. you don't know how to source this food or mm-hmm. maybe if you've never really eaten that way before. Yeah. And so in a, in a retreat where you're kind of captive to what's being prepared, I got to watch over and over again people experience... Um, eating really thoughtfully prepared, nourishing food, and being changed by it. Like that was the catalyst for them to change in a in a positive way. Maybe I can take a piece of this home and maybe I can just change this one thing um, in a slow, sustainable... It's It doesn't have to be punishment. Um, and although I had been cooked to be well originally was intended to be a teaching module so I would see clients privately in their homes and teach them cooking skills um, the the uh, the name of of the service came to be from the idea that you have to cook to be well <laughs> so it's the analogy that I like to use is is exercise like we know we can't be sedentary and be well Mm-hmm. And I was really trying to help people understand that if you don't prepare your own food in some capacity, if you're outsourcing everything um, and the industry isn't intended to keep you healthy, it's intended to entertain you, um, it's really difficult to be well. And so I wanted to take my background in cooking and, and help people understand how to apply that to this idea that they were trying to heal or um or have optimum health or whatever their goal was, Mm -hmm. um, ultimately being feeling good, being well, being nourished, that they needed these skills. But cooking in the retreats helped me see that sometimes that's just too much. It feels too overwhelming. And clients kept saying, can't you just do it for me? And I kept saying, no, you have to learn how to cook. And, but seeing it happen in that setting helped me see, well, sometimes being able to experience eating this way um, and it, it tastes good and it you can have familiar flavors and it's just it's wonderful food you can still enjoy eating and that can be the catalyst to maybe I maybe I can do this so even though I didn't ever really want to do a prepared foods business I was I was hoping to maybe get out of the kitchen at that point in my life going into my <laughs> 40s <laughs> I thought well okay, I guess I have to do this. (laughs) And I'm hoping I'll come back to teaching um, more someday when the the business gets rolling a little 
easier on its own and I'm really not um not technically behind the stove. I'm behind induction burners, but <laughs> when I'm not preparing food um, as intensely as I am now that I can get back to teaching. <laughs> What's the name of that program? First Descents. Huh, I don't know what that is. It is an amazing program. It's actually been around for more than 15 years. Uh, the headquarters is in Denver, but they do programming all around the country, and some nearby here in Bryson City hmm. at the Nanahala Outdoor Center. How cool. Yeah. That's They wonderful. do some kayaking there. So it's mostly kayaking, uh-huh. a little bit of rock climbing, and occasionally they have a surfing program even. How but neat. the founder was a professional kayaker. That's so yeah. neat. Did, did that founder have cancer? His aunt had cancer, uh-huh. and um, he took some young kids on a kayaking trip and sort of recognized... It's, it's right along the healing power of the outdoors principle mm-hmm. of like connecting with nature um, and being, and it's legit whitewater kayaking. It's not um, birdhouse painting and, and um, floating on a raft. Like it's challenging. I bet. And to when at a time where you feel like uh, cancer's robbed you of, of that power, like being able to get back on, on the water and all the analogies that nature helps you see that, you, think, you know, the river treats everyone the same. So to be able to say, like, I'm just like anyone else here yeah. um, and taking on a challenge and sort of feeling that you have control mm-hmm. uh, is incredibly healing. And so he recognized that early on and started as a very small nonprofit. Now it's grown into hundreds of thousands of dollars the organization generates and but they serve they have about 50 week-long programs around the country most in the midwest and then now they have um smaller weekend programming Uh, they're called tributaries and so there's in about 15 other major cities there Mm -hmm. are small tributary organizations that meet up and do small outdoor gatherings um just to reach a larger demographics, people who can't maybe necessarily take a whole week or are afraid to go for a whole week with 15 other strangers and um, do rappelling or whitewater kayaking. That's intense. So there's really a lot of reach now. Well, and how do you spell it? First descent? Uh, first, F-I-R-S-T, and then descent is D-E-S-C-E-N-T-S. As in... Um, I'm first descending down right. this it's a, rope. It's a kayaking term, actually, oh. among professional kayakers. Okay. That the first time you uh, you run a stretch of river that no one else has ever run before, that's the first descent. That's neat. Down the river. But it's also I get a little goosebumpy. Um, you know, for the first time that you've done something. That's so Like neat. taking that first step into this unknown mm-hmm. not sure what's going to happen here but I'm mm-hmm. going to go for it how empowering that it's, is yeah it's an incredible organization I'm going to really uh, feel really fortunate to have been involved in and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast in broadcast today we are visiting with Jenna Baker chef and owner of Cook to Be Well in downtown Knoxville Tennessee She is currently located inside the Glowing Body Yoga Studio on North Central. 
And we've just heard Jenna talk about how her business came to be and her experiences and what drives her to offer healthy foods to our community. And now she's going to tell us more about this Be Well box. She likes to say this is how you would cook for yourself if you had farm direct produce and cooking skills and solid nutrition information. Maybe you have all those things, but maybe you don't have time. And in this recording from late November of last year, we hear the voice of a one-woman enterprise who owns and runs a small food business in Knoxville, who's talking about scaling her business and all the apprehensions that go along with it. And luckily for our community, she had the nerve to step out there and do this. It's been a really good move. It's been well-received and real successful. And so the the Be Well box service is something that uh, I have tested to a closed group. Oh, And neat. it has been a really helpful service to mm-hmm. the people who were able to take advantage of it. And it's also been you know, as I've mapped out what it looks like and sort of created um, a a menu and kind of what this box is going to be, it's generated a lot of interest. People are like, yes, this is exactly what I need. And I've been promising to launch it, you know, since I began the business. That was one of the original services I wanted to do. But I'm working in a really limited space, and my scale is very small. It is um, a little And I, I began as a one-man show, really, mm-hmm. um, with the, you know, free help from my partner who would, you know, comes and helps wash dishes and do does food prep and um, runs to the store on his days off, and he has a real... You know, he's got he's a firefighter. He has his real job. It's so nice. Um, and he has been very supportive of me starting up. And eventually, um, about six months in, it was time to hire someone. So I have uh, one part-time uh, staff member. And But regardless of that, we were able to uh, to test the service. But in the end of that, test phase to really recognize it wasn't achievable in the space that I'm in. So I've been promising to launch um, and now I'm considering um, changing the business structure in my current space because it's very hard to find another space and for me to navigate um, how am I going to it's time for me to scale it's time that I'm going to be in this awkward period where the revenue of the business isn't going to cover the kind of scaling that needs to be done unless I want to keep chugging away um, and on a very small scale and grow over five years. But I think it's time, Knoxville needs the service and it's time to scale the business. And there is a market there. So um, in this incubation phase, we've identified that there's a market and there's a need for the services and people are starving for it, every pun intended, and they're, and they're ready to, to purchase the service. Um, so that means likely taking on debt um, and a really scary scaling phase that I've never done before. So figuring out how to scale. Mm-hmm. And because I don't know how to do any of that and I'm trying to learn and figuring it, figure it out and um, where does the money come from and what how big do I want to scale and finding that space in Knoxville finding kitchen space in Knoxville is really difficult um, especially on a small scale and if you 
Mm -hmm. um, are conservative with the risk that you take on, and I have to be. Mm -hmm. So um, that being said, I'm trying to continue to make the business stay open and work in the space I'm in, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm considering shifting to just the Be Well box service in January Mm -hmm. um, so that I can... Um, really fine-tune that service yes, and then find a space to scale it and continue to do maybe a lunch spot, maybe just the grab-and-go again, but I can't do both the grab-and-go and the Be Well box service in my 200 square feet that I'm currently operating in. And it is a little more predictable of a business model. The mm-hmm. And when I tested it, even to the closed group, it was about 15 people. I typically filled about 10 orders. Uh, we were doing it once a week, and occasionally we would skip a week. Uh, if it fell, on a, you know, in the summer it was a little slow. We, we skipped a week there. Um, but we started in January of this year and did it January through July. Wow. And they, an interesting thing about it was that the even within the closed group um most customers repeated it every week if they if the if I offered it that week they were on and I expected people that maybe try it once and um and then I kept you know letting one more person in the closed group because they would see a pickup happening or hear about it or you know had a family member who was sick and I couldn't say no and so that so it you know grew to about 15 people when it was really only supposed to be a handful to begin with mm-hmm. um, and they continue to reorder every week unless they happen to be out of town or you know and so I think that speaks to how helpful it was mm-hmm. um, and the test group really had a range of different kinds of people and families so young professionals retired couples single people people with children young children ch- no children um working days, working nights, coming from out west to pick up, living downtown. Um, And then equally as interesting, they used the box very differently. Some people took the components and recreated it into an entirely different meal by using the sauces or adding animal protein. Um, Some people used the components to create a Buddha bowl almost exactly like I do for grab-and-go and they packed them for lunch. Some people ate it cold right out of the package when they got home from work. Um, that would the, be good. Yeah. The common thread was this, you know, almost the same from each person I heard at least once. You know, this week was really hard, and this food was exactly what we needed. Thank you. Um, and I feel like that's everyone's story. Life is, our lives are so busy, um, and taking care of yourself with what you eat is it, it's very time consuming cooking this way mm-hmm. and so the purpose of the be well box is to really be the kind of food that you would cook for yourself if you had time and skills and time to you know go to the farmer's market once a week um, and prepare all this variety of um, really delicious dishes from whole foods um, I think we would all do it for ourselves if if that's all we did and that's all I do so we would (laughs) I think we would and so it's that really felt like it had purpose and that's really what I wanted that's the kind of work I want to do so it's definitely kept me going to know that this idea um is 
small scale and it's I'm using local products and I'm a small scale business so my intention is to never become a blue apron or you know something that gets packaged and shipped or even has locations all over the country it's mm-hmm. it's to serve a community and you know hopefully maybe serve as a model for other businesses to say hey there's a market out there you can do this work mm-hmm. and you can fill a need that is really underserved because um food service was intended to entertain us really right originally we the culinary arts and and restaurants um it's entertainment and i have a deep respect for that that's the background i come from mm-hmm. but um somewhere along the line we started outsourcing almost all of our food yeah. um and now we have a, a health a lot of health crisis and um I think there needs to be more businesses that focus on meeting the need of providing nourishing food that's intended to support your health and not only for entertainment. So it should it still needs to taste great and I think we really need to address removing the stigma that food that nourishes you um or the v, the v words vegan, vegetarian or healthy it all has this stigma that it's not good food that it's mm-hmm this um necessary punishment and it doesn't have to be that way not at all yeah it doesn't mean you have to turn away from loving food either yes (laughs) you are listening to the tennessee farm table podcast and broadcast and today we have been visiting with jenna baker chef and owner of cook to be well in downtown knoxville She has let us know about her Be Well box and links to her business, Cook to Be Well, as well as all of my guests on today's show are always in the podcast notes at TennesseeFarmTable.com. And up next is our friend Fred Sossman from Johnson City with his Potluck Radio series. And today, Fred features one of Tennessee's oldest restaurants, Zarzor's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's a business that opened in 1918, and Fred visits with the late Shirley Fuller, granddaughter of the original owner and Lebanese immigrant, Charlie Zazor. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Saussman. Zarzur's in Chattanooga is one of Tennessee's very oldest restaurants. Charlie Zarzur, an immigrant from the Middle East, opened it in 1918, the year that Spanish flu killed his wife, Nazira. The late Shirley Fuller was their granddaughter. He never remarried. He raised his family alone. He was wonderful, happy, loved everybody. Several years ago, Shirley took me on a tour of the restaurant. This was my Uncle George's ham radio shop. He lived here with my Aunt Rose and my father. I guess my favorite picture is um, of my grandfather. That's my daddy and his two brothers. And it looks like at Christmas time because there were boxes of fruit. That's when people used to have fruit stands outside. This is my wedding reception held here. At home, the Zarzur family serves Middle Eastern kibbe, stuffed squash, and tabbouleh salad. But at the restaurant, the menu is mostly Southern. 
what we sell every day the most of is turnip greens and our entrees change. We have an open-faced roast beef on Friday and fried flounder on Friday. Tuesday is usually baked spaghetti with a good cheese on it. We're famous for our cornbread cooked in an iron skillet. It's the real southern food. And people, when they come through that door, feel the warmth in here. There's so much history here. Shirley Fuller died in 2015, but Zarzours continues, run by Shirley's son Joe and daughter-in-law Shannon. For Potluck Radio in Chattanooga, Tennessee, I'm Fred Saussman. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.